Okay, we're going to start with a nice word on, on Pasha's boy. Yismach Yisro brings a word from, from his father, Michiel right? Alexander. There was Ad Musam Antu Leunas Mipunai. I was just asking for Pari, like, how, how long are you going to be so stubborn? When are you going to, when are you going to soften up a little? Right? He says that there are a lot of Avairas, the thing that, unfortunately, Avairas people do, very, Avairas Chamirim, very, very Chomer, uh, these kind of Avairas. I'm a speaking with Lassus Shiva. The Avairas that Chazal teach us that the person can't do Shiva. He, he, can't, he can't do Shiva for such, such Avairas Chamirim. Right? What does it mean he can't do Shiva? Does it mean that Shiva won't help him? No. A person can always do Shiva. There's nothing that a person could ever do. Chassidah Shasurim teaches in many, many different uh, ways that there's nothing a person can do that Shiva won't help him with. That he won't be able to go back to the Ibishta and even get a Kapura and go on. Ah, it says that the person can't do Shiva. I must speak in Yudalas as Shiva. And there are even a virus that says in Zohar Kudish that the person can't do Shiva. There's no Shiva as Shiva. How do you reconcile the two? He says that what it means is that I must speak in Yudalas as Shiva means the Ibishta won't help him do Shiva. The Ibishta won't give him the, the Shmaya. The eyes are alien to do Shiva. But if a person is misboinim and a person realizes you know, what he did and how much it bothers him and how much he should have been more machniyev for the Ibishta, and he has a lev nishber, it bothers him that he did an avayra, then it's not a question that the Ibishta will send him a khtira mitachas kisa kovid. The Ibishta will have rachmonas on him and paschal pesach Shiva. A person will always be able to do Shiva, no matter what it is. There's nothing that a person won't be able to do Shiva for. So he says that even parre, which it says, hechpeter kudush baruch ilayf parre. What does it mean? It means Ibish made sure that he that he won't achieve it. Ibish made sure that he won't buy No, it means Ibish made it very difficult and he wasn't helping him with Isaac Elian to do what he should have done. But if he would have wanted to, he still would have been able to. Even after it says specifically, Ibish told Moshe Rabbeinu, "I'm going to make, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make it very hard in COVID life Parai. and that's what that happened. For Desvegin, there was something that Parai could have done with a little, with a little more levnish, but just trying a little harder, and Ibish would have been able to, and Ibish would have helped him." Out of that, he said, if only you would have had that, that little achnua and shiva, and think about who the Ibishta is, instead of saying, Mi Hashem 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 then even that would have been something that he could have, that he could have gotten back close to the Ibishta with. He says, that's Ad Musim Anta Leunas. So he said, the Targum says, Lis Kanuam and Kadumai. When, till when are you not going to have the achnua? If only you'll have that achnua, then even in the situation you are, you'll be able to, you'll be able to do the right shiva, so to speak, and not fall into the trap, you know, of, of, of getting all the makas and all the punishments and everything else. And it just goes to show that, you know, when it comes to Benudin Lamukim, when it comes to the Ibishta, right? Hadbeg Mimidai says, so much to learn from the Ibishta. The Ibishta's relationship with us, talk about this often, the Ibishta's relationship with us is what we're trying to emulate when it comes to our relationships. The Ibishta tells, the Ibishta is not somebody, not somebody, the Ibishta is not a person, and the Ibishta is not someone or something that should bechal be mevatar on this COVID, a melech shemuchal al kvoida, you know, that's the Ibishta line. And for this way, as much as the Ibishta should not be moichal, as much as the Ibishta has no reason to be moichal, as much as the Ibishta told us in advance, that these are avayras. There's a way to do an avayra that I must speak with Lassa Shiva. There's a way to do an avayra that Shiva doesn't help you. And even after all that, if you just give it a little extra krecht, and you just have the little more Lev Nishber and a little more Achnur, right? The Ayyush will be you. There's a secret that Surah is telling us. The Ayyush will be don't worry. Now, of course, you don't want to fall to the, to the problem of Echte Ve'ushiv, doing a, doing a chet because you know you could do Shiva, but, but as long as it's not Echte Ve'ushiv, as long as you, you, know, you fell through and, and, and you're trying to achieve it, the Ayyush will accept you. How much do we have to learn from that when somebody does something wrong to us? Right? So often people fall into this thing about, no, this is what happened and I'm not getting over it. And people make a conscious decision that they don't want to get over something. You know, you know, because sometimes even when things are good, they'll always like hold on to it. Like you hear, you hear statements like I, I mentioned this already a few times. I hear this often. People I, I'll try to forgive you. 
I'll try to forgive you. It's a certain way of saying that, you know, I don't really have a, a, a reason to say no, but I'm going to hold on to it that just in case one day you do something bad again, I'll say, you know, this is, this is your old thing. I, you know, it's, it's, it's waking me up. It's triggering some old trauma, and I, I can't get over it. People like that. You know, I'm trying to, I have it now on the side. I'll, I'll try to forgive you because I can't be a bad person and say I don't, but I'm trying very hard, but it, it's really not easy. Or, unless people will have a certain sense of entitlement, loyal and void. You know what you did to me? You know what you did to me in the past? I, I, I can't believe that you don't constantly think of how much you hurt me in the past. I, well, I mean, first of all, the Khtusi Negdi Sumbat attitude that you should always be thinking of how you hurt me, it, it's so insane. Sorry for saying so. I know, I know that people get very hurt. I know that people, there are big others that are done. I know that sometimes it's very hard to get over things. I'm not, I'm not making believe it's easy. But to officially make a statement that you hurt me so much in the past, that, I, that this is what we're going to be busy with for the next 10 years, as if I didn't hurt you, I mean... Any situation, that, in any, any case that I ever dealt with, where somebody was being that stuck on something in the past, they've hurt their, their spouse plenty. I can tell you that clearly. Any situation that I saw, and I know I, I didn't see every situation, wherever I saw somebody claiming that they were so hurt that they can't get over it, and the other person should never get away with not expressing enough regret over something, the person that was that stuck hurt their spouse very, very much. Very much. And they're actually still hurting their spouse. Just... You know, to, to, just to explain things, put it in perspective. But instead, we should be learning from the Ibishter. Yes, you did something terrible. Against... Hashem is Buddha himself. And he did something that he told you he's not going to forgive you for. There's no chiva for this. And you know what? You give a little extra credit and, 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 and he lets you. And you know what happens after the Moichel? You can do the same thing again tomorrow. Not you could, you shouldn't. But if you do the same exact thing tomorrow, after you do chiva, he's not going to say, hey, you just woke up that old thing again. You think I forgot? No. It's a new thing. It's a new thing. It could be a thousand times over. And every time there's Moichel again. And this is just something that you could be a paroi. We're talking about Tari over here. And it's still, you know, you know what? I forgive you. And this is really on, on bigger avalis, close when it comes to small things. How much more should we learn from that? To be a little more flexible, a little more forgiving, and to be able to turn the page and let bygones be bygones and work on a relationship going forward. And, and this is just something that if only people would be able to uh, exercise more. I know for some people it's very hard. I'm not, I'm not, make, I'm not uh, taking it away. It takes a lot of effort. And, and sometimes people really were hurt and it's not easy. So with that said, um, let's, let's turn to a question over here. Um, it's, a, it's a long question, but I, you know, I, I try to read the questions the way they come, so I'm just going to read the whole question. I'll try to do it a little fast, okay? So, somebody told me recently that my, my, my lecture is the only one that he can't, that he can't um, listen to on, on fast speed. You know, sometimes people talk very slow, and they bring out up points. When you put it on fast speed, you, know, you save time, but you say, well, I talk so fast, and, and, and it just it doesn't work. Like so anyway, good morning. I continue to enjoy all your shiurim and Torah anytime and really appreciate your deep knowledge and understanding of people, marriages, relationships, and chinuch. I also appreciate that you have the forum to ask questions, firstly because hearing other people's questions is helpful, as it can put things into perspective, and also because I appreciate the opportunity to send in a question. Okay, you're very welcome, and uh, I try my best. Okay, I have a question which I really hope you can help me with, either, either in a personal response or in a class. When I got married a few years ago, a lot of the advice and shiurim that I listened to sounded almost like a joke. Many mentioned that classic example of a husband leaving socks on the floor, etc., and I knew I would never get upset over something like that. It was way too petty in the realm, in the realm of Shalom Bayez. Lo and behold, here I am a few years later, and things are different. Baksham, I'm very grateful that my family is growing, and so are my demands. I work all day, and actually have a job where I have to be on call in the evenings. I find the job very stressful, but I try to be grateful that I have a job that brings in panusa. Additionally, I have my family to take care of, laundry, supper, and everything that goes along with it. Not to mention that at this point in my life, I don't have the most koiches and sometimes can barely get through the day without dragging my feet, anticipating a simcha as well. Uh, my husband, on the other hand, also works during the day, but he has a low-pressure job and then learns in the afternoon. I find myself getting frustrated with him to the point that I feel resentful. He leaves his stuff around and barely helps around the house. If I point out to him that I'm exhausted and really need his help, he'll say, okay. But after completing a simple request, like wiping down the table, 
he will feel like he did his share. My question is, I know that it's really not the Iker, and it's a shame to get so upset, but it's really affecting my feelings toward him. I feel like a shmata sometimes, and I feel taken advantage of. I've tried to have a conversation with him, but nothing ever changes. How do I handle this situation? Also, I sometimes feel like I should quit my job to teach him a lesson, maybe, but I know that's not realistic, as his job doesn't even cover the rent. What should I do? I don't want to let this ruin a time in our life that should be filled with gratitude and excitement. Sorry if it's a long email, but I thank you in advance for taking the time to read it, and your response will be greatly appreciated. P.S. On another note, okay, I'm just, I chose to read this as well. Many times I wish I could speak to somebody regarding aspects of our relationship, but I haven't found feasible options. What can people do when they are really making it through the month financially and all options for support are so unattainable? This is something that bothers me, especially in a generation where there are so many organizations for everything. There are people paying to take special needs children on trips and the likes, but when a couple need help, they say all money in the world is worth spending on a relationship. Sorry, just curious about this one. Thank you again. Okay, so the gist of this was that somebody... You know, used to see things and issues like, come on, this can't really bother me. But sure enough, it's starting to bother me very much. And it's actually bothering me to a point where it's affecting the relationship. And what do I do about it? Along with all the other details that were mentioned. So uh, the first thing that I want to do, um, the first thing I want to do is mention that I'm going to be um, focusing on the questioner. Okay? In other words, and I'll just mention it. Um, the, the husband, a husband, whose wife would be writing such a letter, you know, definitely has a thing or two to think about. And, you know, as I read it, I thought, I don't know, maybe I hope my, I hope my, wife, I hope my wife didn't send in the question. I guess not, you know, it could be, I, I don't know. But if somebody um, has a wife that would be this resentful about the fact that, you know, come on, come on, you know, I'm overworked and I'm overexerting myself and, and where are you and why can't you take me seriously? It's something to think about. And I'm saying it because, you know, I'm talking in public, right? People are going to hear this. And if you think, and I, recently we did such a similar question, and I said the same thing. If you're thinking that maybe your wife would have sent in the question, then it's just something to think about. It's something to think about. Instead of, instead of agreeing with her that it's petty, or that she's really sh- agreeing with her that there are more important things, that's for her to say, and it's nice that she said it, and it's true that, that it is petty and there are more important things in life, but you don't have to be working on someone else's um, tolerance level and someone else's middles to tolerate um, petty things. Right? It's, it's stressful at times, not a question. Now, um, so the first thing that I just want to mention is that there's a very good lesson in life over here that I saw in the first paragraph of this letter. And that is that you should never trust yourself. Never, never trust yourself. In other words, people feel sometimes about certain things. No, that's never going to affect me. That, that doesn't talk to me. That's nothing. And then sure enough, you find yourself later on and it bothers you very much. And it just goes to show how sometimes you can't relate to something now, but, but maybe there's really more to it that, that just now doesn't look, doesn't look like, like something to you. And the reason why I'm saying it is because for two reasons. First of all, you might hear something in a shir or wherever it may be and think, nah, it doesn't pertain to me. And you never know. And this I heard from people who say, you know, when I heard your class on this and that, I didn't think it pertained to me. But, you know, later it hit me that the information did pertain to me somewhere else or the situation changed. Taka. You know, it's just, I'm not saying you have to go listen to every class and, and get all the information you could on every problem. But, you know, remember that you may not be as, as, um, as, as strong and, and thick-skinned as you think you are. And somewhere along the line, you know, you, you, things could change. So don't uh, ever... Make that mistake. That's one. But another thing that I want to say, and this is, we spoke about this a while back, and that is that when you see someone else having a challenge, never look down at that person's challenge. Okay, so, in other words, the husband may be thinking, well, my wife's bothered by socks on the floor. I mean, that's ridiculous, right? Well, she also thought it was ridiculous. But, but it isn't anymore to her. So sometimes something you can't relate to now could still be something very big, because maybe one day you will, or maybe just to someone else it will. And things change. You know, the Yisad when he talks about how people should be able to accept the fact that they don't understand everything. When it comes to a minute, you have to accept the fact that you don't understand everything. Now, a person will think, what do you, what do you mean I don't understand everything? What don't I understand? I, whatever makes sense, I understand. So one of the things he says is, look back, 
And you'll notice that a year ago there were things you thought you didn't understand, you thought you couldn't understand, and you assumed then that they were incorrect because you didn't understand them. And lo and behold, you find yourself a year later and you became smarter. So why are you assuming that next year you won't be smarter than now? Why are you assuming that in three years from now you won't be as much smarter at least as you are now from three years ago? So when a person sees his own patterns, it just opens his eyes to realizing that not everything do I comprehend all the time and it could be that I'm not getting it. So I'm just mentioning it here also. You find yourself realizing that certain things that didn't talk to you then didn't you know, talk to you now. It's just something to think about you know, and, and realize this pattern in life. Mm-hmm. Now, a woman who, is, who has a family and anticipating a simcha and has a job and is, is, is overworked and stressed out, which is all normal, you know, it's not a question one of the most important things you can do for yourself and your family, first of all, is prioritize. Okay, and this is where a lot of people, you know, they, they, either because they get used to something and they just can't get out of it, because when I was n- newly married, I didn't know what to do, I was able to accomplish much more, whether it was for me or for my family or for my house or whatever it is, uh, and, they, and they just fall into that trap. Or they fall into the trap of thinking that everything has to happen and, and it has to be a certain way and we're not allowed to do things a different way. And what happens is you end up working yourself thin. If it's, I, I know, I understand it's very important to you, let's say, to have the dishes cleaned by night or to have everything put away and all the toys and everything. And, and it is important. And sometimes people can't handle when it's not done. But if it's causing you a certain amount of resentment and it's causing you to build up a certain amount of frustration, then you have to think, you know, maybe I have to prioritize better. I have my family, I have my obligations, I have things that have to happen, and I have things that don't have to happen. And if you don't know how to make those lists of things that must happen and things that don't must happen, and you don't know what to put on which list, that's a problem. And when it causes a relationship issue and it causes you know, personal um, conflict and, 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 and resentments and, and all kinds of things like that, it's just something to think about on a personal level. Are you prioritizing the right way? And this is, this is a very important thing. Now, sometimes... Um, people, people don't want to prioritize. Sometimes people like being a martyr. They like getting it all done. They feel good about themselves by night when everything was accomplished. And wow, every last thing I got done and my list is checked off and I feel like I made... But, but look what it does to you in the big picture. So that's definitely something as life goes on and there are more responsibilities you have to prioritize, especially if you're in a situation. Right? You know, a woman's expecting, for example, and everyone in their own situation, whether it's due to the season or it's due to how you feel these days or it's due to whatever stresses you're dealing with. If you don't know how to you know, be a little flexible and realize that, okay, at this time in my life or at this stage of my life or at this um, 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 you know, position that I'm in, I'm going to have to do things a little different than I did till now, you know, th- then you're getting yourself stuck. You're getting yourself stuck. And, and it's very important. It comes Pesach or it comes times that people are used to doing things a certain way. They grow up, they grow up doing things a certain way and they don't, know how to, they don't know how to change anything and they get stuck doing things and trying to make it all fit. And it's just, um, you know, it's, a, it's definitely a, a problem. This is the famous mushle about filling up the box with the pebbles and the stones and the rocks and the... And the you know, the big ones, the smaller ones in the water, and the only way to get everything in is if you put them in the right order. If you first fill up the, the box of water and you try to put in the stones, everything's going to fall out. You know, there's a way to do things in a way that you first get the important things done. And if you're still filling up to it and nothing's bothering you, you get more things done, and it's, it's wonderful. But that's something that... Now, I know sometimes that has to do with the finances and other things. I'm just mentioning that this is very important for anyone who wants to succeed anywhere. And sometimes this alone is really the answer to such questions. In other words, you're feeling so frustrated because you're trying to get so much done and you're working so hard, and, and maybe you shouldn't be. I know your husband's more relaxed. Maybe you should be more relaxed. Maybe it's easier for him to be relaxed than for you, I understand. You know, but, but this is something to think about if you're prioritizing the right way when it comes to responsibilities of family, children, and, and the likes. Now, another thing is that sometimes you say something to someone, right? You, you want your spouse to do something, and it goes husband, wife, wife, husband, the same way. And it's not happening. Now think about it. Maybe what you want that should happen is that you should say it once, and he should get it. You know what I mean? So you like, get it, and now you got it. And from now on, it's not an issue, and you understand it the way I understand it, and from here on, we're good to go. It's not practical. It's not practical. You know why? 
because you want the socks to be picked up. For example, I'm using this example. Obviously, it's a, it's a, a silly one. Maybe not so silly for some people at some stages in life. But um, you want the socks to be picked up because it irks you when they're on the floor. Your husband wants to pick them up. You know why? Because it irks you. And you're unhappy when it's there. So, so you get irked by the socks, so you don't have to be reminded because it really bothers you. To him, it's like, okay, you know, if, when, you're in, when, you're in a, when you're being a little moody about it, I'll pick it up. When not, I'll forget because it doesn't bother me so much. So you have to realize that. It's okay. It's okay for you and your husband to have different, different ideas of what's important. It's okay for you and him to be bothered by different things. It's okay for you, for you to be more bothered by sacks and for him to be more bothered by, by, by the, the, the tension and the, and the negativity that comes along with the sacks. You have to realize that. Now, I'm not saying that you should just let it happen. What I'm saying is that you shouldn't expect that your one-time message should change things all of a sudden. Or that your attitude or unhappiness should automatically remind him what he has to do. Say it. Say it. I mean, you mentioned that we have conversations about this all the time. Stop having conversations and stop explaining things and stop being right. Okay, remember this. Stop being right. Start asking nicely for something to happen. Now, someone could say, well, do I always have to ask? You don't have to. <laughs> you want it done? Ask. If it means something to you, you could ask. And you could actually ask him if he could please remember a whole week. And if he doesn't, you can ask him again. And if he takes you seriously, which it sounds like he does, by the way. It sounds like he's a nice guy. And he's, he's doing what you're telling him to and the fact that it's important to you and not so much to him, and he's still ready to take you seriously and fulfill your request, I think it's wonderful. Now, I'm, telling you, I'm saying it again. If he's listening to this class, I would tell him, you know, come on, please, if it's so important to your wife, I think you should make a bigger point of it. But you don't want to use that against him. You want to do something that works. You want to be nice and say, if you don't mind, please pick it up. It means a lot to me. And I would appreciate it if you could remember tomorrow as well. And if you forget, say it again in the same nice tone. Please pick it up. And I have a little secret for you. Chances are that if you say it nicely, five days in a row, let's, let's call it five days, it's very possible that he'll start remembering more and more. And I'll tell you another secret. If after five days he remembers one day, the sixth day, then the sixth day, tell him, thank you so much for remembering on your own. It meant a lot to me. And it could be he'll remember the seventh day. And when you hold him by the 18th day, you should still be saying thank you every day because it's important to you and he's doing it for you. You say thank you. This is what gets people motivated instead of frustrated and resentful like you're getting. And, and it's normal to get resentful. You thought when you got married that oh, it's a petty thing. And as time goes on and you're overworked and you're trying to pull things together, and he's not working alone, you get resentful. So there's a way to, to do these things. You have to realize that this is both when, some, when you want something from somebody that's not natural for them to, to take seriously, or if they have an emotional resistance to something, which is not the case here, I'm just mentioning it. Sometimes you want someone to do something, and for whatever reason, they don't, they're feeling emotionally challenged, and it's hard for them to do it. Instead of rationalizing and debating and justifying and explaining, and again and again and again and again, don't do it. It doesn't work. Because your logic versus that person's resistance, whether, again, whether the resistance is an emotional stubbornness or the resistance is just the fact that it's not natural for them, so there's a resistance to, to changing and being a different person, don't use that kind of logic and don't get upset over it. Just talk and be explicit and stop assuming that somebody will know on their own. Now, I, I want to mention something else. Right? And, and this, you know, all the time, this is where people keep on explaining why the other person should change. And, and trying to change people, and people don't like when you try to change them, and people don't like all these explanations. So that's, I'm not going to go into examples. But another thing you have to realize is that, I mean, you're writing it between the lines, not because you're trying to impress me. I don't, I don't believe the questioner is doing it just because it's proper and, and diplomatic. I think that she really does feel like, on the one hand, it is petty, and it's not the ikir, and I know that I should be enjoying life more and being more appreciative. She mentions it a few times, and it's still bothering me. This conflict within you about how you know on the one hand that it shouldn't be bothering you and it's not the main focus and it shouldn't be taking over. On the other hand, it is. That's your own conflict. It's very important that you realize that so, so many parts of interpersonal conflict are really personal. They're your own issues. In other words, I have my own conflict within myself. On the one hand, I know it shouldn't be bothering you so much. On the other hand, I can't get over it. Well, that's you. That's not him. Very important point. 
Just recently, somebody was talking to my wife about, about a child, you know, we, we learn to take her more seriously, and we have a good relationship, and everything's fine. There's one issue that we fight over every morning. For 45 minutes, the morning is terrible. From after she gets dressed, till she goes in the bus, there's fighting and screaming and kicking, and, and aside from that, we have a great relationship. We spend time together, and she likes me, and we get along and everything. Now, you can imagine what that thing was. I, I, I don't want to give the example, for, you know, but it, it was something petty. Now, I, I'm not expecting the mother who cared very much to, to see that as something petty. I, I don't want, you know, let's call it that the mother was adamant that the child takes some vitamins before going to school just to get the boost of energy and, and whatever, and, and the child didn't want to. And, and there was no major consequences or major repercussions. It was just an issue where the mother felt that this is the right thing to do, and I feel that I have the right to tell my child what to do, and I can't stand that she puts up such a fuss every morning. I know, but when you say it to someone else, you know what happens? You start realizing, you know, if I have such a great relationship with my child, and we get along so well, and it's already so long that I'm trying to make this happen, and it's just not happening, you know. So, so I'm not allowed to tell my child what to do. I, I always get this. You are allowed to tell your child what to do, but this is what you're left with: 45 minutes a day of screaming and hollering and, and hurt feelings, going to school with a frown. Is that worth it? It comes a point where you have to do your own work and realize, you know what? I, I know what the right thing is. So why am I getting so stuck? Now, once you're stuck and you try working with someone else, of course you're gonna get upset at them. But first, work it out with yourself. And sometimes you want to talk to someone about it. And, you know, by the time you, you bounce it off someone else, you realize, you know what, this is so emotional. I'm just so stuck in this. I really know it's not important. I'll say it to myself a hundred times. This is not important. And sometimes you get over your own, your own things, you know, just, just, by, just by, by working it out within yourself. So instead of focusing on the things that are disturbing, and I'll add, instead of focusing on the past, things that people did in the past, like we mentioned earlier, there's so many other things you can focus on. And where you put your thoughts, it may not be natural to put your thoughts in the right place, but you could do it. You know what? I want to focus on the present. I want to focus on what I do have. I want to focus on everything my spouse does do for me. I want to focus on all, the, on, all the, on all that I'm getting. I want to focus on all the gratitude that I have, all the, all the good things in life. Instead of saying, I know that I should be, but really, no, you could. You could. You could focus on what you're getting. You could focus on the present, and there's really so much more. Yeah, and, and sometimes you have to say it, and sometimes you have to write it, and tell it to yourself, thank you for this, and thank you for that, and you write a nice note. And there's only things you could do to work up putting the emphasis in the right place. Is it easy? No. Is it frustrating when someone doesn't have the same uh, you know, passion like you about something? Yes. Is it frustrating when you want something so badly and it's not happening? Yes. And still, you could get yourself to focus on the right things in life. And it's definitely um, you know, something important. Now, one thing I, I feel that I have to mention over here, and this is because you know, we try to be very toyetic. And toyetic means that in the toyet it says that a husband is supposed to pr- provide a livelihood for the family. Now, it's beautiful when a husband can't make it happen and a wife helps along. Beautiful. And that's how it should be. And when wives get resentful, why do I have to, what do you mean, you're married, and you want to help your spouse. But at the same time, it's important to realize that the, the achrayas, an obligation, is on the husband. Now, if a wife is helping with that, that's fine, she's helping him. But for her to take it upon herself, and then to try to run the whole house, and get everything done, and get resentful, you know, this is always something to think about. Maybe, you know, if he's working half a day and learning half a day, and the rest is falling on you, and you're falling apart, then, then something should be reevaluated. I don't know, unless... Unless it means enough to you his learning and you feel good about it and you want to do it. And, you want, and you're doing it the right way with a, with a happy heart. And, and you're prioritizing and saying, you know what? It means enough to me that my husband should learn a half a day. I'm going to work and I'm going to let other things go by. I'm going to order pizza twice a week. There's ways to make these things happen. I'm just mentioning that a wife that's working and because she's working is so stressed out and she's busy in the evenings and she can't get things done. And now she's, you know, it's, it's important to sit down with your husband and say, listen, you know, Yanko, I want to make this work. I'm getting frustrated. Either we do this or we do that, and, and uh, you know maybe we can work together. And it's not a, this is not a fight. This is something we want to work through to make sure that we're doing the right thing and we're taking the right course in life, and, and we're not getting ourselves into a mess. You know that that's um, 
you know, just, just working things out practically instead of ultimatums and threats. I'm going to stop working. You're going to stop. You know, it's about working together, understanding how could we function the best as a happy family together, you know, um, doing things together, taking care of each other, making sure that we both have what we need. So this is just my few thoughts about this question. Now, I'm just going to touch upon that PS that this lady wrote. And that is, you know, sometimes people need help with shulim bias and, and it costs so much money. It's not a luxury, sometimes they need help. Now, it's a very good point, first of all. And I happen to know a lot of people who do find time here and there for a free session, you know, to help someone, or if it's too hard or whatever. And sometimes, sometimes you could actually find a relative who's willing to help you with something. And, and I tell this to people because sometimes people look at it like, oh, I can't tell my relative I need help. You don't have to feel like a Rahmonist to need help when it comes to Shulam Bayes. It's a very normal thing. And if you call an uncle of yours who has a few dollars, and you tell him, you know what, um, Uncle Dovid, yeah, I, I just want to talk to someone about my Shulam Bayes. I think that one or two sessions, just to get a little clarity, if you could help me with it. You'd be surprised how many people will be happy and glad to give you the two, three hundred dollars. Go talk to someone. It's a normal thing. And you'll be surprised when your uncle will tell you, you know what, I also went to talk to someone. It's fine. It's very normal, first of all. I do know that sometimes there, were, there are and there were people who tried helping others for free and they got burned by it. Because people took too much of their time and people take advantage. And you have people who come and quetch day after day and not even looking to get help. And that's what happens if you don't pay for something. You should have a listening ear and you could chew off someone's ear for an hour and a half. And when they tell you a piece of advice, you tell them why it's not a good piece of advice and all that. You know, so there's, there's reasons why it's very hard to offer certain services for free, obviously on the, on the, you know, on the, but sometimes when you talk to someone, it could be a, a roof or a dine or somebody who is willing to help you a little bit without charging you, and you stick to the, to the practical solution. You're motivated to make things work, and you say, you know what, this is what I'm dealing with. Tell me what I could do. Remember this, right? People who listen to me hear it all the time. What can I do to make things better? Tell it to me. I'm going to try it. And, and, and instead of trying to be right and have somebody just listen to you and tell, me, tell you how right you are and what a rachmonist you are and, and all kinds of ways to change your spouse, and you stick to the thing, you know, sometimes it won't take you six months. Sometimes it won't take you 100 hours by professional. And you get things done faster. And, and you can work with someone who, who's not charging you anything because, because they see you're willing to help yourself. So th- those are just my few short thoughts on that. But yes, it's definitely a big mitzvah to help others. I say that much. So if, some, if you know somebody who could use help and you offer them a few dollars to get help, it's definitely something that is, is as important as taking children with special needs on trips and, and all the other beautiful things that Kali Yisrael does. So I wish to help them that when we prioritize the right way and we focus on the good and we focus on the present and we're here to help each other and see all the good that we do and, and when we need something we say it clearly and nicely and we don't get frustrated by the fact that somebody else is not thinking and doing things the way we want so when I believe we could really be understanding of each other and have a good and happy life of Ahava Ahava Shulam Arayas